Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. 1 Peter 2.11. Kia ora. Welcome to another episode of Fill Me In, a Redeemer Church podcast. This is the podcast where we talk with Christians, talk about how they uh, came to faith. Oftentimes we're talking to people who weren't raised with it, don't have that in their background, but somewhere along the way, the the king has brought them into his flock and into his family. And so we're just talking about how did that happen? And hopefully it will encourage you. A big shalom to all those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. You will be satisfied. Welcome to episode six and a big happy Tuesday to you. It's not Tuesday on our end, but it'll be Tuesday by the time you're hearing this. So good to so good to have you with us. And we've got we've got Brad with us. Do you prefer Bradley or Brad? Mate, my mates call me Brad, so you're you're already in there, mate. Perfect. Yeah, I just I just kind of had a vibe there. I'll just go on nickname basis straight up. That's good. <laughs> um, well, welcome to the podcast, man. Would you be able to just introduce yourself to us? Yeah, well, totally. So I, I'm Brad. I'm uh, I'm a school teacher here in Auckland, Tamaki Makoto, and uh, but I'm not an Aucklander. I can claim that one. I'm a Fongamatarian yeah. through and through from the mighty Waikato. Nice. But uh but now I've I have immigrated to the the land of opportunity. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. How long have you been up in Auckland for? Uh ooh. Oh, mate, about eight years now, eh? Twenty fifteen right. I moved up here. So what's that? Five, six, seven, eight, yeah, eight years. Coming out of the sticks up into up into the big yeah. smoke. No, I enjoy it, man. Like I, even when I go home now, I get through two or three days. And I look, I love seeing my Fano down there, but it's just so much more to do up here. You get, I get bored down there now, you know. Fair I enough, think uh, rural town's good when you're young, yeah, and growing up, and you know you're out there playing footy or whatever. But uh, when you're an adult, there's more to do in the in the cities. I think. Yeah, for sure, man. Now, in addition to everything you just mentioned, I mean, there's one reason I'm feeling a little bit out of my depth talking to you, and that's because you are a seasoned podcast host uh, in your own right. Two podcasts, I believe. Is that true? That is true. I guess you could say one and a half. I don't know if you could one call and a half. my sec. I think you could call my second podcast more of a kind of a, a side project or a side hobby. I don't know. But yeah, I, I do. Mm. I do dabble a little bit in the old podcasting realm. So I know how hard the job is that you're doing, mate. Well, that's very kind of you. Could you tell us a bit about the one and a half pods you do? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so I've got a, yeah. So the podcast that it's been going for about three years now. Uh, it's called the Bogcast. No reference to toilets. It's okay. not. Uh, I've got. To, I've got to actually explain that to people that don't know me because I'm Brad Og. You see, right? So Bogcast. This makes sense, right? Makes but sense. If you don't know who I am, and I've got, I'm some random person reaching out to you to jump on my show, and you're like, what? What's this guy want to talk about on a Bogcast? But <laughs> um, that's uh, that's been going since the first COVID lockdown. That one, I, I, right. I had this idea of wanting to. Kind of like yourself, mate, um, get people on, share stories, hear about their kind of why and where they got to and how they mm. got to where they are. And then in that kind of give them a platform to kind of share where, where they're at with different things. And um, I started small, started with my mates and then got the idea to uh, randomly send a DM to somebody that I don't know. And the first person I did that to and they responded was a golfer by the name of Michael Campbell. You might have heard of him. Okay. Um, he's a New Zealand golfer and, and it just went from there, man. I just started having convos with people and, and yeah, here we are three years later and 80 episodes in, I think I am. So it's been yeah, a fun. That's, so, yeah. good. that's yeah. so good. And you've helped me get a whole bunch of this set up and showed me some, you know, tricks of the trade, which has been super helpful, man. I really appreciate that. <laughs> we, we met kind of randomly and it's kind of funny, like we've, we've, we've spoken far more via the internet than we have in person. I think we've hung out for a total of three minutes or yeah, I think it was. something <laughs> around that in person. I was in Whangamata. We were on holiday with a big group of us, a bunch of us staying up there for the weekend. We go down to church. I wasn't really knowing what to expect. So I'm a pastor. That's what I do. And, um, you know, you, you sort of, I guess, become aware Christianity is fairly small in New Zealand, so you kind of have a fair idea of what's out there uh, a lot of the time. And to, to be honest, you know, with some things I've seen going on in the church in New Zealand, I've been super discouraged by, you know, just influences getting in there, ideas circulating around that I'm just like, yeah, not super stoked about this. And so whenever I go to a church that I'm unfamiliar with, I, I think maybe simply I just go in with this attitude like, ah, don't know how this will be, but you know, whatever, we were on holiday and thought it'd be good to rock up to church. And then you get up to preach 
And I'm like, okay, this will be cool. A younger guy, um, probably similar in age to myself. And see see how this goes. And you get up there preaching Matthew 7 and you killed it, man. It, it was great. Super encouraging, uh, super faithful to the text. I was, I came away super stoked. A bunch of us walked to church and just the whole, you know, probably half hour walk home. We were just raving about it. It, it was super cool, man. So we're, we're really grateful for you. Um, I'm, I'm excited for the future of the church when I see guys like you uh, out there. Uh, doing your thing. And so, yeah, I, I want to talk to you, man, about ha- yeah, man. how it is that you got here. Last time we were talking uh, via Zoom, actually, you mentioned, well, I actually didn't grow up Christian either. So I thought, man, we've got to get this guy on. Um, so maybe just to start off, could you tell us, I mean, I like to do it non-linear. Uh, you've heard a couple of the other episodes, so you know how I'm sort of doing it there. But yeah, could you just tell us about your Christian life currently in 2023 what sort of things you're involved in what does it mean for you to be a christian currently as it stands at the moment yeah man oh 100 and it's actually really funny you say that because it's not often you have a whole bunch of visitors rock up to Fongamanta that are you know under the age of 40 you know yeah. and and a whole crowd of you tauranga cats rocked up and i thought oh who are these guys but i can i can totally relate to that you know when you're going around churches especially when you ask about where i'm at now in my faith so i'm 10 mm. years in and we can get to you know how i got here but yeah. in terms of where i'm at now i'm 10 years in and faith for me is just so 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 different to where where i was maybe you know 8 7 6 5 4 years ago you know right. i mean i'm in a place now where i'm yes i'm teaching full time but i've you know, I'm kind of have this opportunity where I'm in a bit of ministry. I'm doing a bit of preaching mm. on a, on a Sunday morning context, which is, you know, what's the, what does it say in the word? You know, those who lead my, uh, lead my sheep astray, you know, it's better to have a millstone tied around the yeah. neck. <laughs> and, um, and you know, those, those sure. who exactly. And those who preach the word, are, are, you know, uh, are just harsh, you know, you're, you're yeah. more accountable. So it's definitely not a light honor to get on that pulpit, but that's kind of the space I'm in now, as well as yeah. doing some youth ministry, you know, which cool. uh, I'm really, really enjoying too. Cause I mean, I did youth ministry for years in my old church, which was more of a big kind of Pentecostal sure. uh, charismatic church. Whereas now I'm more in a, I wouldn't say it's a, I'd say it's kind of it's Baptist vibe. It's non-denominational, yeah. but you know, it's, you know, Pentecostal with a seatbelt on. Can you say that? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, and it's, it's just so, it's so interesting how, even you look at the world now, man, and and where things are going and where where kind of things are leaning. And um, it's just, I'm just so grateful I know the Lord in 2023. Yeah. Put it that way. How good, man. So good. Yeah, it's it's been pretty wild observing the world for the last sort of three years uh, as a Christian, with a Christian lens on, just seeing how a lot of these things fit together for sure. Now, that, that's amazing, mm-hmm. man. So you mentioned you've been in there for 10 years. How old are you now, if I may ask? I am, I am... 25 mate so I, I, well it's weird so i was i got, became a christian when i was 16 yeah so it must be nine years 20 yeah i'm 25 Maybe yeah i was 15 mate i'm getting me maths wrong i'm at i'm in holiday mode mate you're in ho- Teachers yeah, brains yeah. don't work maths are the holidays you know what i mean <laughs> absolutely no so I I was know how that works. yeah so i'm 25 now yeah cool so i mean maybe could you tell me about your background and maybe your understanding of you know the world that you found yourself in prior to Christianity. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, I, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. None of my family were Christian at that point. Um, and so my worldview was just like any other young buck who grew Mm. up in a non-Christian home. You know, my understanding of the world was it's, it's there for me to, uh, you know, enjoy and make the most of my life. Uh, you know, that's the the street of me, you know, the yeah. the, the 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 wide road of self. And yeah. so for me, even as a young fella, I, I was mate, I was a I was a menace, mate. Okay. I mean, I was into I was I was I was out there with my mates partying, I was, you know, taking taking substances, I was disrespectful. I mate, I was I think I was 14 and my parents were like, you know what? No, I was 15, maybe my parents were like, you can't live here anymore. You're so disrespectful. Right. I didn't care. It was all about myself, mate. You know, I just wanted to have a good time. So at 15, yeah. I was booted to the, well, not to the curb. I was at my, I stayed at my grandparents' house because mum and dad said, look, you, we need a break from you. Right. <laughs> so for me, mate, life was a spiral of not, not a good time. Although I thought it was a good time in my limited view of what was going yeah. on, you know, and Christianity was this kind of idea that I didn't really think too much of, didn't give too much care to, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That was the early days anyway, you know? 
Yeah, for sure. Do you remember at that time, I guess, long term, what, what you thought the plan was? Like, did you think ahead in terms of like best case scenario, this is what I'd want out of life? Or were you just sort of thinking a day ahead at a time type thing? It's, it's funny you say that because I still vividly, I don't, I remember the conversation, but I don't remember who it was with. Mm. But I remember having this conversation about somebody about, you know, life in the future and things like that. And I've always kind of had a bit of a fear of death, sure. you know? always had this, you know, I don't want to die. I think that's kind of natural. Absolutely. I remember having this conversation and we were talking about if God is real, you know, and it was weird because I'd have the funny ones. Like I, I used to play all sorts of, well, I still do play all sorts of sport and I'd bike to cricket, you know, because in Whangamataa, we're all on bikes, mate. You bike everywhere. I, I don't know. It's not like Auckland, mate, where you hop on a bus or you get your mum to drop you off and there's a little bit right. of rain. You know, you're biking with the, had my cricket pads on and my Love bag it. of cricket gear. And I remember biking. I'd be like, please God, don't let it rain today. I want to play cricket. Amen. Yeah. But there's no, there's nothing to that. And I remember having this conversation going, nah, God can't be real. You know, if God was real, like think about it. If you think about it logically, you know, yeah. in my, you know, 15, 16 year old brain. Right. And so I remember at that point, I just thought, why worry about what's going to happen in 10 years if, if there's no real point to it, you know? So I just, I just was in the moment. I was an in, I was an in the moment kind of guy, you know? Yeah. 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 I still remember that conversation very vividly. Yeah. So uh, at some point along the way, Christianity wiggles its way into your world. I mean, and so you, you mentioned, okay, there was some some level of prayer there, but obviously you're fur- you're much further along now than that. So when <laughs> when did Christianity first start? I guess in a you know substantial way showing up in your world. Well, it's funny because you always, as a non-Christian growing up, a lot of people's testimony is that moment and i do have a moment and i can share yeah. what that moment was eventually but quite often we don't reflect back at what was the uh the lead-ins to that sure, moment. yeah exactly. you know what was the where is where did you see god moving it's it's kind of like me and you now you know we probably have people in our lives and people listening to that have people in their lives that aren't christian but we feel like are we are we sowing any seed is there any is this fertile soil but we don't see any evidence of it right sometimes right. we never will but i think the people who were those people for me and they, I know a lot of them now who were sowing seeds into my life. Yeah, I can see the evidence of God kind of slowly sucking me in, <laughs> and it was little things like some of the guys I played cricket with were Christians, and yeah, there was something different about them, you know, and some, the way they kind of interacted, and 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 I remember just asking questions, and I went to youth group a couple of times with those yeah. mates, and but still, you know, at youth group they talk about God and things like that, but it just was just over the head, mate, you know, right. But I remember that one of the big stickers was there's a there was a group called uh, Fusion Beach Mission that came to Fongamata because Fongamata and New Year's you got to we've got four thousand people that live there, right? In summer we get to about 90,000. right? It's just it's it's wild and it, for any young person you know it's the place to be. Yeah. And I remember we were down at this park and and you know I was with the boys and we we're on it and all that kind of thing and remember these Christian dudes wearing red shirts were doing free hot chocolates and and handing out, you know, things and praying for people. And we kind of had to, it was operate operation, avoid the red shirt weirdos, mate. You know what I mean? Right. It was like, let's just dodge these Christian fellas. Cause we don't want to yeah. stand around and have a chat about God. We want to kind of party and have fun. Right. But we got sucked into this kind of prayer huddle circle. And I remember this guy who's actually my, one of my best mates now, Presto's his name. He he oh, was sharing awesome. his story about how God had uh, transformed his life and things with his dad and things how you know how God had kind of moved him from one space to another. And mm. I I don't remember what he said exactly. I don't even remember the gospel if I'm honest. Mm. Uh, that's if the gospel was preached. I don't know. Um, yeah. That's a, another thing that's different for me now. How I see <laughs> the gospel. But um yeah, I remember how I felt, bro. You know, I remember thinking and feeling, whoa, I really want what this guy has. Mm. It wasn't until six six or so months later that I actually gave my life to Christ. But these were the little seeds that started happening. It was yeah. almost like everyone in my in my world suddenly were Christians or went to youth group and kind of came out of nowhere. And I'm in a group of friends. We definitely weren't church going people, you know. But slowly, mm. yeah, this, this stuff started to happen, you know. It's kind of funny. I, when I was younger, I did do one Fungamata New Year's. So, but I was saved at that point, so I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> but, but, I, but I have experienced. Uh, yeah, the, you didn't the join the rioters, did you? No, I did not. <laughs> Yeah, and it was raining that year, which probably didn't add to the fun. But um, yeah, mm. I, I've done the experience for sure. So in that six months between that new year and 
you know, where, where you say you, you gave your heart to the Lord. Were, were there any other things sort of leading up to, to that particular moment? Yeah, like I know, I do remember life was sort of starting to crumble a little bit around me too. Like okay. I were having, I was having, um, I was having friends that were kind of, we were getting more and more into, into the world of kind of, you know, drugs and alcohol yeah. and, 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 and smoking as well. Just like, sure. well, I remember mate, I don't know why, but there's this bar and where I'm from, they're not around now, but they would let 15, 14 year olds come around the back and have shisha, you know? I don't right. know if that's illegal or not, but it was kind of at the time we loved it. But you know, we, we were just getting into more and more intense stuff, and sure. um, you know, people were starting to have, have relationships. You know, at that age, and right. I remember I had a bit of a bad reputation for um, just being a little bit dishonest. You know, I didn't mind you know dropping a, a lie or two about things, and you know, sure. being sneaky, and yeah. all these things were starting to catch up with me, bro. Mm. But at the same time. This was a probably a big pivot point too. My cousin was going on a mission trip, who was also non-saved, to Vanuatu with our youth group. Wow! But then he could, then he couldn't make it, and so the youth pastor Greg Lang, who is one of my most treasured friends and just absolute legend for me and my instrumental my faith, the youth pastor, he was like, "Well, Brad, do you want to come along on this mission trip?" As a non-Christian, you know, and I'm like, "Yeah, I could go to Vanuatu. Sounds cool." <laughs> Yeah, and, this? And, that sounds fun. You know, like uh sounds great. I don't know what we're gonna do over there. But my my early stages of faith was just baptism by fire because I was gonna go to Vanuatu and then a month out from Vanuatu. Oh no, 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 maybe it was a term out because I think it was the next holidays. So the April mm. holidays, I went to Easter camp where I had my encounter with the Lord and gave my life to him. And then within 10 weeks, I was on the mission field in Vanuatu, actually now a Christian. But you know, it's just like I said before, it was like almost like God was putting people in my life and situations in my life. Actually, the only reason I started con consistently going to youth group and then said yes mm. to going to this Easter camp was because, oh, I'm going on this mission trip. I should get to know the guys and my cousin, right. you know, him, him pulling out of the trip for another reason. You know, it just all lined up in that in that sense, you know. So mm. no, no crazy, you know, in my room moments up until my encounter yeah. with God. But it was just it's only when I look back and I go, Well, he was really drawing me, you know? Yeah. It's funny, yeah. you don't see it in the moment either. God's like checkmating you and you don't even realize it's happening. Yeah. Bro, he put my king into checkmate, bro. Oh, there's nothing I could do. <laughs> Absolutely. Tell me about this this Easter camp there where you where you had this moment. Is this Mystery Creek? That's the one, mate. That's the right. one. Right. Man, yeah. love Mystery Creek Easter Camp. I, I did a few years of that as a teenager. Saw some great bands. Had a good time. I uh, had a load of fun there. So t tell me about this Easter Camp and how this sort of went for you. This, this well, it's moment. funny you. It's funny you say that because I think that's a lot of people's experiences. I mm. mean, I don't know if you'd agree, but people go to these Easter camps and you know it's great bands, great games, tribal wars, all this stuff. Yeah, great fun. Um, and it is great fun, you know. But and it's also cool how they present the gospel in a way that's relatable to young people. Yeah. Um, and for me, that's all I was having was fun for the first two days, even though right. we're in these worship sessions and people are running up the front and, you know, yeah, I don't really know what was going on, but it was only until the, one of the nights a speaker by the name of Mike Pilavachi. Have you heard of Mike Pilavachi? Yeah. He actually spoke one of the years I went. Oh, okay. So there I you know go. exactly who you mean. Yep. Yeah, Mikey P. So he, um, he was speaking about the Holy spirit and talking about how, See, once again, I don't quite know what, what was going on there, mm. but I remember I remember him then inviting the Holy Spirit to come and move. And he said, if you want the Holy Spirit to move in you, and if you want to meet Jesus for yourself, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so I was standing at the back of the auditorium with all the other teenagers, you know, and I remember, I was 15, 16, I remember being like, all right, if you're real, Jesus, like, I want to know, you know, I want to know if you're God, if, if God, if you're real. And, you know, my method of evangelism might be different today and we can mm. you know we can talk about that but for in sure. that moment it was for me it was like god if you're real all right here i am which is mm. how, how naive I is as a young 16 year old fella just demanding of god like all right then if you're real show up but he just did and it's it's hard yeah. to explain and people listening to this that aren't christian or might not find this a satisfying answer but it was just this peace that came and yeah this this feeling of just not being trapped yeah. And, you know, having to do what my friends are all doing. It was, it was kind of like, I just had this moment where God fully just, yeah, just, I, just the peace and the warmth and the comfort of God. And I know faith isn't a feeling, you know, it's not about feelings, but for me in that moment, I never felt that kind of rush before. And mm. when you're a 15 year old dude and you're crying, you know, something's mm. going on. 
For sure. You know, and I remember thinking, what is going on? But I didn't give my life to Christ in that moment. It was actually, mm. we went out this, they said, come out the backspace if you want to learn more about God and things like that. And I went out this backspace. My cousin mm. came with me. Okay. And I remember we were in the space and this youth leader was explaining the gospel, which cool. we got to the good part. You know, what, what is this all about? Why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Or what does it mean for me? Did I understand it in that moment? Probably not. Mm. But I remember this, my encounter, my radical encounter with God was actually learning he was real you know and mm. that it's the what sold what sealed the deal for me was my cousin had a broken wrist and he hadn't been able to uh, move his wrist um he was going to get surgery in a week or two from the time every time he moved his wrist it clicked he hadn't been able to do press-ups for like three or four months because you know his wrist is knackered and i remember right. the, the youth leader said hey we can pray for that and see if god would heal it mm. I don't know if you're a cessationalist or not, but um, I am not a cessationist. No, you're safe with me, man. Oh, good, good, good. Some of my <laughs> listeners might crucify you, but you know, you're safe with me. Hey, well, I, well, I can say to those that uh, <laughs> that are is, hey, it happened in front of me, and I don't know what ha- happened. Sure. But this kid, this this my cousin's long story short, his wrist was healed. He did, banged out 10, 20 press ups, no pain. Moved his wrist, the clicking stopped, and I just went, oh my goodness. And I do, and for, I remember walking back to my tent, going, "I've discovered the secret to life. Like I've discovered right. the question everyone wants to know. I, it gives me like goosebumps even thinking about it now. Like, God, you are real. Yeah. Oh my goodness. As a non-Christian who thought it was a whole bunch of baloney, God, you're real. Now, what mm. did I have to base that off? Just an encounter, and then and, and a few yeah. feelings, and well, then the miraculous healing of this wrist. But still, it wasn't like this massive years of study that I came to that conclusion on. It was just this moment. And uh, I've not looked back since. In that moment, I didn't understand the gospel fully. Mm. I didn't understand a lot of the word. I mean, I didn't understand hardly anything. All I understood was God is real. Mm. There's more to this. I want to find out more, you know. So that was 10 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. And you'd say that's, that's when you were saved? That's a great question. And I don't know the answer to that. Okay, I I would say that's the moment I I learnt that God was real. I did I said the sinner's prayer, mate. Yeah, you know, I said the said the sinner's prayer, but I mean, I, I I'm of the opinion that the sinner's prayer isn't what saves you. You know, sure. Um, it's it's when you genuinely believe in your heart. You know that you know mm. G- Jesus is Lord and Christ rose from the dead. God raised him from the dead, and sure. yeah, it's it's that's a really interesting question. When was I saved? Uh, I reckon it was muddied in that time. Yeah. Maybe it was that moment. I don't know. Yeah, I know I'm definitely saved now. <laughs> yeah, but now, now ten years later, I understand the gospel. And look, you learn more every day, and you, you know, there's For things sure. I'm learning year by year that it's just it's just new information. But I found out God was real in that moment. In terms of when I actually, and I said, you know, God, I give you my life and yeah, all of that. So maybe the answer is yes. Maybe the answer is a little down the track. I don't know. Beautiful. No, that's amazing. And, and so. I mean, that's kind of a good segue into, I guess, talking about another thing you've alluded to. So you mentioned earlier, um, and you, yeah, you've alluded to it a few times that I guess your understanding uh, of some of how that works, or I guess I'm guessing how some of that should be done. You've sort of refined how you, you know, how you think about that in the last even three or four years yeah. uh, you've said. So could, could you maybe, yeah, tell us a bit about that. Fire and brimstone, mate. <laughs> no, no, not true. Um, look, it's, it's funny because even in my faith journey, you know, I would go around telling people, Jesus loves you, man. And I, I was fired up for the Lord. Like I, I was reading my Bible. Yeah. I was I was getting in worship. I was listening to podcasts. I was listening to sermons. I was going and I was at church three days a week or three times a yeah. week. But for me, I that's all I knew. Jesus loves me. For me, Jesus, I, I don't know if you've ever heard, you probably have, mate, the parachute of the, uh, the analogy of the parachute, Ray Comfort gives. Yeah, yeah, I've heard it. You know, but for exactly. our listeners, just, just for maybe. Our, for, our, for our listeners, you know, an air hostess comes in and says to you, hey, here's a parachute. You know, it's really cool. It's awesome. It, it'll, it'll fit you well. Other people on the plane are wearing it. It's a great decision to wear this thing. Mm. You know, it's going to make your flight awesome. It's going to make yeah. your flight amazing. You're going to take that parachute and put it on 100%. Mm. But after a while, you know, and this is only an analogy I heard in the last kind of four years and it rocked my socks off. I remember, you know, after a while you're wearing this parachute and it's a bit uncomfortable actually. Yeah. And you realize it's actually not making your life any better. 
your flight, sorry, any better. It's not improving your flight. You look around, most people have actually got the parachute down by their seat. Right. We're going to take off the parachute and put it beside you. Right. Versus, hey, here's a parachute. This plane we're on is going to go down. Mm. Everybody is going to die. But if you wear this parachute, it'll save your life. Mm. You're going to put that thing on and you're never going to take it off. Right. So when you when you line that analogy up with the gospel, I think that's mm. where I'm at now. And w- which is, I, w- I kind of wish I heard when I first heard it too. Mm. I discovered it in time, you know, sanctification's a journey and, and on the journey, you learn more and more truths. But for me, I think that's essential. And I think a lot of my early Christian days was all, you know, God loves you. Jesus loves you, man. Um, mm-hmm. can I pray for healing? Someone might get healed. Like I've seen some pretty crazy miracles, man. I've seen paralyzed men stand up, deaf mm-hmm. ears opened, but that's where it ended, you right. know? But I, you got to remember like in scripture, um, the man who was lowered through the, through the building, yeah. I believe first was your sins are forgiven. Yeah. That's where Jesus went first. Right. Totally. Not, not let's heal you. And you know, it's awesome. It was no, your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more, you know? And then, yeah. but who, who says you can do that? You know? And it was, well, I'll show you the authority, pick up your mat and walk. It's just yeah. things like that where it's like, well, Jesus was actually more keen on the heart yeah. than he is on, on the outside. And I think when I talk about what is that difference now for me, it's, it's, it's look, Jesus does love you. Yes. There's sure. the fruits of the spirit, peace, joy, love, all these things. But if you're selling the gospel as this is what you get, if you become a Christian mm-hmm. versus, Hey, we're sinners. We're separate from God, a holy God. We need him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those things do happen in your life, but Jesus doesn't come to give you a better life. He comes to save our lives, right? He didn't die right. on the cross so we could be in having a great time. Mm. Um, he died on the cross so that we wouldn't have a bad time when we were all pass on, you know? So yeah, for me, that's, that was the difference, you know, and I know that now and it's changed my evangelism approach and you mm. know, and it's changed how I, how, how much emphasis and intentionality I put on those things. Sure. But I didn't know that in the early days. So that's when you asked me earlier, were you saved at that point? I don't know. Cause at that point I didn't know that the, the full implications of why Jesus had to die on the cross. I just learned mm-hmm. he was real and that he loved me, which is really important. You know, people out there that need to know God loves them and yeah, and for sure. died for them, you know, but not to a point where he's a lovey dovey God who, you know, I love you Sand just the way you the are. You yeah, exactly, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate what you're saying, man. I've, you know, I'm hearing you striking a nice balance there. Cause I think like my, my understanding of some of these things is sounds like very similar journey to you. And it was sort of like, you know, you spend enough time in the, I guess, lovey-dovey, Jesus thinks you're awesome, Jesus thinks you're great crowd. And then I find, you know, I encounter certain sermons or I just read the New Testament through for myself and go, oh my goodness, like we've we've gotten this like way out of kilter. This is really imbalanced. And then I found like getting, I found myself getting to a point where I was just had this attitude of, of skepticism to any Christian that didn't articulate it the exact same way that I was and yeah and that was a problem you know because you'd basically just shut off to anything else any church in the city that wouldn't say it how you say it you're almost like ah they're not worth you know that heretics yeah <laughs> that, that kind of thing and maybe I wouldn't have said heretics but I would have just gone like you know yeah yeah no use paying any attention to them they're, they're wasting yeah, yeah. time type thing and I, I think I've sort of I don't know hopefully the pendulum swung back a little bit now going okay like all of those issues are still there they're still in play um i I still have uh, a lot of critiques about how evangelism's done i think a lot of things are manipulative i think a lot of things like don't emphasize uh, proper elements of the gospel but at the same time like god people say like god can strike a straight blow with a with a crooked stick and and he frequently does that and there are christians out there that are genuinely saved even though yeah maybe some of the some of the priorities or things emphasized in that process weren't the best and so yeah i've just sort of worked out the the better way to approach that is not being super calloused or mean or dismissive but just going okay like i'll embrace you and, and let's talk you know let's let's um be kind and let's have some good chats and i found that when i've done that it's actually been far more productive you know it's been it's been awesome 100%. and i'm i'm evidence of that in front of you you know right. i was saved in the lovey dovey Jesus stuff, which is, which yeah. is all good. Like it's all true. Like it's not like that. It's not true. You know, mm. um, I was saved in that. And in mm. my journey, God took me and it, from that space to the space now, but the saddle of grace and truth is there. 
And I'm really glad he did it that way because even for me, I'm a, I'm aware that even just before I, I had this revelation of my sin and, and of the importance of the cross, I'd actually had a huge revelation of love. You know, right. I was reading John and how John called himself the disciple that Jesus loved. Right. Now you can look at that as someone who's arrogant and, you know, just wants to, you know, include details. So I don't know if you, if you've ever noticed about John, but some of the details he, he includes in his gospel are funny as like the gold. Yeah. You know, like the first, the one that reached the tomb first, you know, I just like, yeah, I love absolutely. how he just decided to use those things in there, but the church of Jesus Christ forever will know that he was faster. <laughs> Bro, it's so true, you know, but for me, I had this revelation of, oh my goodness, he does love me. He's mm. he, John saying this because, because he actually knew his value. He knew, he knew who he was in, in the Lord. He was the one that Jesus loved. And it's true. And I remember reading, you know, uh, so first John, you know, we love because he first loved us. Right. And, yeah. And I just remember that rocking my world and there's nothing I can do for him to love me any less, you know? And then the revelation of like the cross came. Sure. And I, for me, it's no, it's no kind of coincidence that he took me on this journey. And then, mm. then hey, and by the way, this is why I died. Yeah. yeah. So it's easy, like you say, to get calloused and go, oh, this is a, a Luke, you know, this is a milk church, but yeah. you're right. Everyone's got a different, you know, different approaches and different, different ways of doing things. And a, mm. yeah, 100%. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's not to say, yeah, I mean, like don't, don't ever have the conversation or don't try and bring some of these things up. Hey, eh? but it, it's just, I think to be aware of like God's at work outside of people who would just say everything how I would say it, you know, and he's building his church in a, in a wide way. And so I want to be appreciative of that and celebrate that and hopefully, you know, be contributing to the kete rather than detracting from it and, and tearing it down. So, I mean, I think one thing that's important to talk about is uh, the role of other Christians um, in the Christian life. Obviously, if you grow up in a, in a home where your parents are Christian, that will um, be a key I guess, factor in, in a faith journey. And that will be, you know, something that needs to be made up for, uh, if, if, if that's not your background, but, but the Lord's good to us and, and he brings people across our paths. And, uh, you know, you've already kind of mentioned a few, uh, people that have been along the way, but it'd be cool to talk about some of the people that have been there in the last 10 years that, um, have been helpful for your Christian life and, and have been a blessing to you, man. Could you maybe unpack a bit of, a bit of that for us? Yeah, totally. Um, oh, I agree, man. Like iron sharpens iron and I wouldn't be anywhere where I am today without some heroes, you know, mm. heroes that, that aren't afraid to, to tell you as it is and, and mm. answer your questions or try to, you know, or point you in a direction. And for me, I, I mentioned him earlier, but for me, a big one of those was a, a fellow my, that by the name of Greg, Greg Lang. Mm -hmm. uh, absolute champion um and you know he was the youth pastor at the time but the the cool thing was he he wasn't because i've done youth ministry and i've found it hard at times to kind of just you know confront teenagers and kind of tell them what they need to hear but i think a really good friend in your life will tell you what you need to hear versus what you want to hear sure. and he's been one of those people he he would open up his home and a whole bunch of us teenagers would come over and because he had uh daughters who are all our age and we went to school with his daughters, you know, so we're all right. friends in that regard, but we'd go around to his place and watch the rugby and have mm. food and have, you know, have had a spa pool and it was just great awesome. times. I missed that place. But, um, but he would not be afraid to tell you as it is. I still remember we we're on the golf course playing golf and right. I was in a bit of trouble with my phone. Cause I was, you know, uh, messaging girls and, and getting myself into a bit of trouble, even as a Christian, you know? Right. And, um, you know, sanctification but totally. um yeah absolutely i remember him being like hey so mate um this is what's getting you in trouble mate it's your phone you've got to stop being a muppet with your phone right and i got real offended eh? just yeah. like i was like mate who do you think you are to talk to, you know to tell me totally. that? <laughs> you know just who do you think you are and then i even remember a separate time we'd been a, i've been a christian like six months or so and there's a party sure. coming up and and i remember at the end of life group we had life group and then he said hey so Brad, are you going to go to that party next weekend? Because man, Fungamata, you know, everyone knows what's going on. Mate, if you do something <laughs> at school, your parents know before you get home, you know? Right. <laughs> um, and so I remember being like, yeah. And he goes, well, what are you being? Are you just, you're just going to be an absolute muppet and go to this party, are you? After, and I just remember that's like, maybe that's not everyone's cup of tea, but I remember just being so, mm. the time I was like, get out of it, Greg. But now looking back, oh, 
having someone you're accountable to and yeah, not afraid to tally as it is. I think a lot of people miss that. I feel like we live in, in, a, in a world where we're encouraged now to, you know, be yourself and, you know, don't take things from others and all this stuff. And yeah. I, I, I just think that's just the opposite of how Jesus modeled things like being reprimanded by yeah. someone else in the faith and, you know, yeah. lovingly, lovingly. Of course. Uh, it is just, there's nothing, the the fruits of those moments are just priceless, man. So yeah. Greg was one of those guys and, you know, I, amazing, I grew up in, in a town full of Christians, you know, there's yeah. like five or six of us, you know, um, mm. in my year, you know. I think that's like very formational to Christian character. Like I'd say that's one of the biggest problems in the New Zealand church. Um, I mean, there's many, but I think one of them is that we, we're, we're sort of comfortable. We don't really want to get egg on our face by actually having those hard conversations with people. But but I can see for sure um, the first year of me being a Christian, very similar experience. You know, there's a guy in my life, you know, he's opened his home up to a bunch of us. We're going around there. And I remember there's just a couple of times he just very, you know, like gently, but like boldly, to my face called me out on something and it was like <laughs> it was super jarring i remember it being jarring because it was like no one has ever spoken to me this way or at least not in a way where i ever would tolerate it like every mm. at every point in my life up until now if someone spoke to me this way i'd be you know removing them from my life <laughs> and then just yeah. sort of realizing like ah, but this is true what he's saying and this is you know without sounding too airy fair like this is god and you know say god and his providence bringing this messenger to you to mm. hear this man and i just remember consciously going like yeah no i'm actually going to accept that and take on board what he says and and i kind of in some ways haven't looked back since then it's just amazing you know and i think yeah um, what, what blessings are we missing out on through weaseling on some of that stuff i think 100 percent. do you remember for yourself when you became that person for others um i don't know yeah, no, I, I'm not sure. I, I think, yeah, no, I'd have to think more about that. Like, it's definitely been that way. And I think probably one of my biggest regrets so far in the Christian life is that there hasn't been, like, there's been times where I know I could have said something and I'd be happy to say it outside of the presence of the person, which is just gossip, when yeah. I should have just gone to them and said it. But yeah, no, there's, there's key people in my life where certainly there's been back and forth and um that they'll speak into my life i'll speak into this uh, yeah i couldn't tell you the maybe the first moment though yeah i'd have to think more about that i think because i think i think one of the things that i've learned to because i'm in youth ministry for the second time around the last sure, time around, yeah. i did it for five years had a couple of years off moved churches and i'm in my new environment right and one of the biggest things i learned is striking that balance of building friendship and relationship yeah, absolutely whilst also sharpening the iron you know and yeah. i even look now one of my biggest regrets is and i and i don't know maybe i couldn't maybe it was due to the fact that i didn't quite know any better but you know i ran a life group full of lads mm. and if i was to tell you now how many of the and i like was in charge from year nine through to year 13 you know mm. um of discipling right. <laughs> these young lads if i was to tell you now how many of them are walking with the Lord? Let's say there was about 10 of the 10 to 12 of them in the group. Mm. Maybe one. Mm. Yeah. And, and, you know, that doesn't all fall on us. We know that there's the Lord sure. that, that does his thing and we're just vessels that are willing to, to kind yeah. of be used by him. But I can totally put it down to not calling things out. Yeah. Like Greg called out in me. Cause I, mm. you know, I don't want to offend somebody. And I think, um, there's, I can't remember where it is in scripture, but you know, when all, the, I think it's when he's talking about, Jesus is talking about his, um, his, he's about to, his blood and he's, you know, drink my blood and that'll be you coming in and eat my flesh, you know, you know, that scripture. Mm. And then all the, many of the, it says many of his disciples deserted him and, but the yeah, 12 remained. Yeah. Yes, that's it. And he goes, does this offend you? You right. know? And I, and I just, there's an example of Jesus, you know, not worried about being a little bit offensive and ruffling feathers if it's yeah, truth, absolutely. you know? So, yeah. yeah. Hey, that's awesome. So, so you mentioned Greg, uh, do, do you still keep in touch with Greg? I do, mate. I do. Awesome. I love that love guy. It. And and I know that he's, he's, he's just stepped down after 15 years of youth pastoring. Cool. And uh, he's now living in Vanuatu actually, um, having a season of refreshment, but I. Vanuatu will do that for you. Yeah, man. Yeah. Although they moved there, bro. 
And within a month, they had that huge cyclone that wrecked the place. Ah, uh, right. <laughs> so, so it went from a relaxing his his partner Nick, who Nick as well, awesome, uh, awesome mentor and and you know support in my life. Nick cool. is a teacher over there, but he was gonna kind of just cruise and see what God's gonna do. And now he's got himself doing uh, rebuild Vanuatu project. Right. How God works, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so in, in his providence, that's funny. Yeah, that's awesome. That's very cool. Okay, so so you mentioned Greg. Were there were there other key players along the way? Totally, man. Uh, the guy who baptized me. So the the so what I did was uh, I um the next year that I was a Christian, I was mm. on the beach mission team. So the fusion team that came down, the, you know, the red shirts I talked about at the start of the convo, mm. and out there, you know, discipling and well, t- spreading the gospel and and ha- you know helping out people that were drunk and doing you know doing that kind of stuff, running events, com- uh, volleyball events, all the stuff. Mm. And uh, one of the guys there is Troy Benita Paul. He was kind of foundational. I mean, he he came as a youth leader on the Easter camp. I got saved at right. Um, and, and Troy, he's now a youth pastor in South Auckland somewhere. And, um, you know, he baptized me. I think I got baptized within a month of becoming a Christian. Yeah. And, um, and he, he, he's, he's been a key player. And even now, man, like I've got, I, I had a stint and, you know, four or five years into my faith where I had crazy battles with unbelief, you know, mm. more, more so stemming from, you know, apologetics, you yeah. know? I remember just waking up one day thinking, hang on, what about evolution? And what about other religions? I've never really t- taken that into huge account. And sure. there was a mentor and he still is. He's actually my young adults leader now. He was mm-hmm. at my old church and he, then he moved to this church. And then a year later, kind of me and some other cats followed him. Um, but uh, Todd Funk, Todd okay. and Donna Funk, uh, coolest last name around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's a bit of an apologist, you know, and uh, he does. He works for Thinking Matters New Zealand. You've oh, probably yeah. Heard yeah. Of him. yeah, yeah, I've heard of him. Um, so he's also been a, just a key figure in my life, man. I, I, what I think it comes down to is, um, and you'd agree with me, fellas, for younger Christians, mm. having older Christians in your life that you catch up with one-on-one, I yeah, think it's sure. just so vital, man. Like we, you and me could catch up and chew the fat. I live with Sam, who was on your podcast recently, man, me and my flatmates, real similar age. And we, we, we have theological chats all the time but mm. having that person you kind of one-on-one catch up with and they're a bit older a bit wiser yeah. not afraid to kind of tell you as it is mm. it's just something a lot of the church is missing man and i wish i yeah. had done it sooner you know mm. but yeah i think it's crucial so those those are some of the players eh? and yeah i'm probably missing out a million people but uh <laughs> We always, it's like every band in the album line of life. There's anyone I forgot. Thank you to you as well. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. How'd you get into preaching? Yeah, good question. I, so I did a bit of preaching when I was a youth leader at my old church. Mm. I, 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 I guess, do you know, this is actually a God thing, man. I, I was a bit of a shy, shy person. You wouldn't believe okay. it, but I was real shy. <laughs> and I, I really, like, I had my group of, with my mates, I was not shy at all, but I was really shy and, didn't like I remember I still remember my year five primary school teacher. Um, I've read a poem or something that she wanted me to share in assembly, and I was like, No way! Like, she bri- like bribed me with like 30 stickers, mate. Still said no, too scared. <laughs> so, that was something the Lord really kind of did for me instantaneously because yeah. I remember I got you know, I met Jesus that night, and then I all of a sudden was talking to everybody, and I just had this confidence, and kind of from there. I realized I had a bit of a gift of the gap. So I started speaking at youth ministry, you know, just little yeah. 20 minute sermons here and there. But I only started preaching on a Sunday morning um, last year. So mm. it's still a fresh space for me. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'd been asked to, you know, I've spoken at Camp Raglan before a couple of times and been a guest oh, yeah. speaker there and, you know, speaking mainly to young people. Um, mm. But it was, it was just people saying, hey, do you want to share your thoughts on some scripture for 10 minutes, 15 minutes here and there? Um, that's kind of where it started. Mm. Um, I I know though when I started, I didn't know the responsibility of the pulpit at the time. I definitely sure. didn't you know quite grasp that. And then it came a point I did grasp that, and I actually stepped away from all uh, speaking because I was doing MC. Like you know, this is a church where the guys come up and do the keys, and you come and you know transition. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. the spirit fingers in there, I'll yeah. coax you into something. But no, no, God was moving in that. Um, but I stepped away from all of that because I realized, man, like I can't be up here doing this and I'm, you know, I'm just not valuing how important this is and actually, you know, mm. how much stricter I'm being. I'm teaching others, you know? Yeah. 
So at the end of last year, my old pastor in Whangamata, I caught up for him one-on-one for coffee and it'd been a year or two since I stepped away from the pulpit and he kind of was like, hey man, you want to preach on a Sunday morning? I think he said, come down and share your heart. I think that's what he said. It's a cool way of saying it. Isn't it? Hey man, you want to come share your heart with us? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe maybe I was like, oh, somewhere in as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, man. I'll give you a verse maybe. Yeah. (laughs) But um, but no, and I'm so. Do you know what? I'm really glad I only started preaching now that mm. I'm even now I'm in a church where there's good um, uh, exegesis. What's it called? Um, exegesis of scripture. What's that kind of script? Expository oh, preaching. Expository preaching, man. And I'm in that environment now. Yeah. Can I tell you? You can. When you're going through expository preaching, as you'd know, it is so. There's just so much more content versus you have one verse and you've got to kind of make up a whole bunch of thoughts around a verse, man. If you're just yeah. going through unpacking scripture, the content's all there for you, man. You know? Absolutely. Um, I've always found the problem is trying to shorten it, not trying to get up to having enough to say. Dude. Oh yeah. man. Um, hey, what's your, cause you're a pre, you're a teaching, you do teaching pastor, right? Yeah. You're a teaching pastor. Yeah, what's your pr- preparation process? I'm actually curious, you know, for me, I stand and speak my sermon to the wall six times before I actually preach it on a Sunday morning. That's part of my process. Are you, right. Do you do something similar or do you, are you just stone nah, cold up there? I, I don't do – yeah, no, I don't do that. I It's changed a little bit over the years. So I used to write out like a full manuscript, you know, and it would take me right. like like hours and hours and hours. And I'd always get really frustrated doing it because I just found it to be a not good use of time, you know, and like in probably more honest moments, I'd be sitting there like obsessing over a sentence going, (laughs) ah, that's a better way of saying it. And really what I'm probably trying to do is just make it sound like John Piper or something. And so, yeah. And I, and I always, I always got frustrated because I felt like I sounded mechanical. Like it didn't sound like me when I was talking. Um, And, you know, you you're always knowing exactly what you're about to say like word for word and so to to use like and you know to sound enthusiastic it just always sounded like really fake to me and so um i i did a lot of study on spurgeon did my master's thesis on spurgeon and a bunch of that was reading like all his sermons but then also reading a bunch of his stuff on like how to go about it so if you read like lectures to my students or if you read like an all-round ministry by him he sort of unpacks like here's how Mm. you go about it and so he he was like a genius so like i don't think you or anyone can really do what he did. But I, I kind of try to do that sort of as much as my limited capacity can. So he basically just read a ton. He'd read all the time, just like, you know, it's say they say he read a book a day. That's usually what the biographies will say. And yeah, then, yeah. Like, it would literally be Saturday night. He would get a passage and go, okay, I'm going to preach on this. And he'd sort of go into his office. They'd have guests around for dinner. And then he'd say, all right, you guys need to go. I'm going to do my sermon. And he would just come up with an outline and then go up and sort of like it would be solid and he's got all the content in his head from all the study he's just constantly doing and just unpack it like that and so he would say like you know do not read your sermon you know like if if you're reading and yeah. that's probably a little bit imbalanced but he would just say like that's not preaching that's reading so yeah i, I typically <laughs> yeah. like what i do trying to i guess in that vein do is i'll, I'll look at the passage and i've got like yeah, literal notebook like that and i just go through it verse by verse take down everything i kind of see i might hit a few commentaries logos things like that so and just good, take down so any good. other notes and then just sort of like come at it again with another layer of like could i put some analogies or illustrations there and then i just basically type it up like on a notes thing on my ipad and just rock up with that and it's not a full manuscript but it's just sort of a, a slightly more detailed outline and i just kind of go from there <laughs> yeah yeah nice yeah. nice yeah i'm i'm i remember yeah i'm similar eh? like mm. Apart from the preaching it, because um, I noticed when I preached to the wall, uh, six times might be an exaggeration, four, four, four times maybe. Yeah, I, I think of something in that moment. Go, oh, that flows so much better if I say it like sure. that. Oh, I've just thought of the scripture I'm reading my own time. I think as a mm. minister of the gospel, and not that that's not what I am. I, I'm just had the opportunity to preach a couple of times, but sure. when I preach the gospel, I feel like if you are in the word yourself, and if yeah. you're, and this is for anyone listening that maybe has an aspiration to, you know, be, uh what do you call it? A preacher or a teacher of the word. Mm. Things will come out of the overflow of your own time with them, you know, yeah, and your own time. consistency with them. And, very and I think, I think that a lot of, a lot of what can come out of your preparing for a message is out of what you're already doing in your own time. And it's just kind of Absolutely this overflow true. space, man. And I think yeah. 
you know, I, I said this to you when I first met you in Whangamata and you came up and very kindly had a chat with me. And I said, I'm, I'm a reluctant preacher. Like, it's not like I put my hand up to do this. My pastor in Auckland mm. said, hey, do you want to come and do this here as well? And I wanted to say no, because it's big responsibility. And sure. but I also don't want to ignore if there's a gift on my life for it. I don't want to ignore that. So mm. it's a hard thing, to, you know, to sometimes say say yes to what you obvi- what obvious God is kind of leading you in a little bit. Mm. especially when you're a bit scared <laughs> sure yeah uh, scary being up on that pulpit man i tell you uh, you killed it man it was cool and I'll, I'll be what does palpatine say to anakin i'll be watching your career with oh uh, yeah yeah. Or something. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah i'll be following you with keen interest yeah man yeah. oh are you a star wars fan how yeah good. oh well like honestly guilty pleasure is i like the prequels best <laughs> which oh, i know sweet. is objectively wrong but i just still i stand uh, by man. one two and three i'm, I'm with you bro i'm 100 i mean revenge of the sith is one of the greatest of all time Dude, but even bro I, I love darth maul qui-gon obi-wan battles totally, the first man. one mate i'm so Liam there Neeson, our man. flats we're watching it we're watching it now we just watched the phantom menace the other night so. bro neeson in that movie outstanding outstanding oh, performance from Liam neeson so good champion awesome man hey um Let's keep going with this. We've we've touched a little bit on it, but I'd be keen to just get a, a few more of your thoughts on it. Um, yeah. Talk to me about the role of scripture in your life more generally. How do you go about incorporating the Bible into your life? Mm. I want it to be daily, and I think mm. I think we all say that. You know, mm. um, for me, my better days. Uh, days that I've been in scripture, whether I start the day, I think starting the days better in my, just for me and my walk, but that's not yeah. a general rule. Um, but you know, the, a day where I maybe have slipped or fallen in a besetting sin of some kind, or I've just mm. had a day where I'm like, that was a terrible day. I can, I can quite often trace back and go, oh, I wouldn't actually get in the word that day. Or, mm. you know, I think for me, it's just daily bread, man not your mm. weekly loaf, <laughs> you know, uh, daily bread of, of getting in the word. And for me, like it's transformed over the time. Like for me, I don't read an hour and a half a day in the word. I think I'd probably give in the word for about 45 minutes Wow! and I only get through about a chapter. Um, that's not every day. Some days it's 20 minutes. Sure. Some days it's yeah. a couple of hours that like if I was to average it out, you know, it's about mm. 40, 40, 45 minutes. If I have the time, Yeah. um, sometimes it's 10 minutes, but mm. for me, it's, um, so it's just one chapter, man. I read it. I can't read it like a book. And that's mm. obviously most people's experience, right? I have to put it down after a sentence and pray and go, oh gosh. Like mm. I was reading First Peter this morning. It's funny you opened with that. And um, I was reading, I was like, oh Lord. Yeah, thank you. Thank you that um, you know, it's through faith. And I'll just reflect on that, you know. Yeah, thank awesome, you, Lord, man. that I, that I, you know, but for me, the word came alive real radically because I actually didn't read the Bible. Um when I first became a Christian, like I did, like I went to read it, but I didn't know how important it was, but I was walking down the town of Whangamata. I remember I was walking back from cricket or something. Right. And I remember Isaiah 41, 10, literally boom in my mind. Like I'm a non-Christian. Well, no, sorry. I'm a fresh Christian who didn't have a Christian upbringing. So I don't know what Isaiah is. You know, I've only been a Christian two weeks. Right. Isaiah 41, 10. I could not get out of my mind. Like, what is this? This must be a Bible scripture or something. And I remember looking it up and, you know, do not fear for I'm your God. I'll hold you up my righteous right hand, you know? And awesome. I just remember going, okay, this thing, this book speaks to you then. <laughs> mm. This book, uh, you know, this book will speak. So yeah, for, for me, I think scripture guides everything, mm. everything, you know, it, my, my reference point for if this is morally right or wrong scripture, mm. you know, my reference point for um, how I'm feeling with the Lord is, is, well, I've got to go back to scripture because scripture says, mm. you know, it's through faith I'm made right with Christ. And I've got to keep going back to that, not my feelings in that moment. Um, you know, Peter talks about it, right? Blessed are you who, who you know, believe without seeing him. You know, it's, mm. yeah, scripture. I, I don't know if that answers your question well, man, but yeah, for me, awesome. yeah. for me, it's, um, and then don't get me wrong, there's droughts, mate. I've, I've, I've had my Bible droughts. Something actually I've started doing though, it's real cool, is I've been playing the Bible when I drive places now too. Awesome. Yeah, it's good. And just play audio Bible and, I'm going through first Samuel at the moment and it's obviously it's more kind of going through chapter by chapter, you yeah. know, without actually taking time because you can't yeah. when you're driving to soak in. Mm. But, um, but you know, even today I was driving somewhere and uh, it was Saul and it says Saul was given a new heart and I had to pause it and go, wow, Saul, King Saul was given a new heart. 
you know, as I'm at traffic lights, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. safely, safely. But yeah, um, but yeah, I, I think listening to it in your car, man, that's kind of transformed. That's only yeah. that's only like in the last kind of three months, to be honest. Yeah. But um, dude, it's so Absolutely. crucial, man. I think there's something to be said for that as well. Like, for sure, it's good. And some some of my like greatest, I think, heights of spiritual, um. I don't know, feeling closeness to God, I don't know how, how you want to put it, is literally I'll get a, a commentary out and just really painstakingly slowly go through an entire book of the Bible oh, and just yep. follow the argument. And, and I'm just like, wow, like I'm thinking the thoughts of God after him. This is insanely cool. And you do it very slowly and, and much yeah. much like what you're saying. But then also, I think, you know, sometimes you can kind of miss, was it the same, miss the forest for the trees type thing as well. And I think there, there are times where it's really good just to chuck a, a book of the Bible on, listen to it and just hear a chapter in the context of the 10 chapters preceding it and the 10 chapters yep. after it as well I and mean, there's something you know to be said for that and things you noticed a little bit differently too so that's awesome man yeah that's very 100%. cool that's very cool hey um looking ahead now you're 25 um lord willing a lot of years in front of you to to serve him what would you all things being equal most like to do to serve the lord with the rest of your life what is hopefully in front of you well that's a good question man um wow yeah that's that's a good i think it's actually funny you say that because i mean i understand you know and i'm and i'm learning that my vocation is also yeah. my calling, you know, and I'm learning totally. that as a teacher, I'm exactly where the Lord wants me to be in this totally. season, in this space. And I so believe that anything you do, you do for the glory of God, man, Absolutely. whether it's, you know, whether you're stacking shelves, whether totally. you're shoveling dirt or you're, you know, teaching kids, I don't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but that being said, and it's kind of, this been this kind of snowball over the last three or four months I'm really genuine because I'm five years in with my teaching now. I'm really genuinely keen to maybe pursue, um, ministry mm. in this, in the sense of, you know, um, doing some actual good theological study, um, mm. you know, whether it's, um, you know, bachelor of theology, I, I don't know, but I, I've only done some early days digging, um, mm. or seminary or whatever it might be. I'm really keen Exciting, to, man. to do that, whether or not it leads me into a role of a pastor or, or, um, mm. you know, I, it doesn't matter for me. I'm still getting deeper in the in the yeah. word and learning more about Christ and, and having my worldview yeah. challenged and, and learning to love people better and, and mm. love people more. And yeah, but for me, how I best want to serve the Lord is, you know, doing everything for his glory, but at the same time, man, uh, not neglecting what he's kind of put on my heart. And at the moment I'm feeling that. Mm. So whether it's um, on staff somewhere at church, um, mm. doing whatever roles need to be done and, or, yeah. Whatever, man. That's kind of where where how I kind of look at it is. It's everything, but at the same yeah. time, maybe there's a specific avenue for study, and maybe that's something we can chat about another time off here, bro. It's uh, some good places to look in terms of study because that's something totally. I'm kind of looking at right now. But um, yeah, sounds cool, man. Yeah, dude. Like Jesus is building his church, and he uses means. And you know, if, if we're going to advance the kingdom, we need on on any level in church life people that know the word and uh you know gonna play their part as a role in that church saying wise and true things from scripture man so that's awesome that's super encouraging however that uh pans out for you hey let's do yeah. let's do some more rapid fire questions just throw some things at you just to finish this thing up feel free to not do it rapid fire if you have lots you want to say on it but ha however you know whatever i love a good like. rapid fire mate love it um you're on a deserted island you can only have five books of the bible with you for some reason what what are the five books? Uh um oh. Okay, so I definitely have uh I definitely have Romans. Uh mm. Romans, man. Romans just gets me every time. Yeah. Um I definitely have to have uh I'd have Exodus, man. I've just mm. gone through Exodus and oh, actually all of those man in the Torah. But just going through the life of Moses and seeing how he was obedient to God and just it builds so much it built my faith man mm. so yeah okay so i'd have exodus i'd have romans i'd have one of the gospels for sure i think i'd have i quite like luke i like luke's style of writing i like mm. i like the historical kind of approach and uh, just they just recorded it as it is and um in that vein then i probably would take acts as well love it um and then one more book bro i i really uh, 
at my church recently we did a series i know this is rapid fire sorry but we did a series That's and it good. was um it was about the kings um kings of the old testament and I, I believe unless i'm getting this wrong but king hezekiah he found scripture and um and he kind of was it king hezekiah Josiah? might have been Josiah that he found anyway they found he found some scripture and read it and it was like oh my goodness okay we got to stop worshiping to Molech we got to stop doing this and that yeah. it was obviously a bit of a cycle you know in those times like it would for sure you know, and then a new world would come through and I remember the this what they some commentators believe the scripture might have been that he read was Moses's sermon in Deuteronomy a, Deuteronomy yeah and so and I just read Deuteronomy recently and I really liked it so those would be my five. Awesome, I man. think that's five. Awesome. Uh, best thing about being a Christian? Knowing I have eternal life. <laughs> Love it. Knowing I have eternal life and um and a God that loves me, bro. So good. Favorite thing about your church? Ooh, solid biblical teaching uh, and... And everyone just gets stuck in. Like we're a pack in, pack out church. We don't have a building. Right. And so, dude, like everyone just puts the carpets out together and everyone just has a good time doing that and the chairs out and stacks away. And so, yeah, so good Bible teaching, but also a real like get in. We call it, um, it's like mahitahi, you know, working together, yep. working as one kind yep. of church. So, yeah, that, that's my two favorite things, man. Yeah. Uh, area of the Christian life, you know, you need to grow in. Oh, oh, oh! Area of the Christian life I need to grow in. Oh man, that, there's so much. <laughs> uh pride. I need to. Yeah. So I don't need to grow in pride. I need a lesson in my pride. Right. So I need to grow in uh, knowing, just accepting, accepting when someone corrects me, and accepting being wrong. And mm. um, I also really want to grow in uh, understanding Scripture more yeah. and more. Yeah, man. Awesome. I hope that's what, what you're lead... kind of looking for. No, that's great. Which leads to the next question. A book of the Bible you'd like to understand better? Oh, I mean, is it a cop-out to say Revelation? No, not at all. I think Revelation is one of my favorites, man. We all need to oh, understand dude. it better. That's great. Dude, because, I mean, I've got a I've got a friend of mine, eh? and I'll keep it all anonymous, but, you know, I've got a friend of mine who's, who's now part of a, a, a group who has taken Revelation and, um, you know, because of a lack of understanding of revelation, I, I would say they're in a, you know, bit of a, I don't want to throw the C word around casually, but you know, in, in, <laughs> in, a, in a cult, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, you know, saying, you know, this, this so-and-so is the new, the new Messiah and this and that. And, yeah. it, and it comes just from people not knowing revelation and its context. That's unfortunate. And, so bro, revelation. Yeah. Good eschatology. So, good. so important. That's great. Uh, Favorite slash, uh, what do you say? Favorite influential Christian authors, thinkers that you think are the bomb? Oh, 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 oh. See, I'm not like, I'm not like my friend Sam who knows Augustine and, and everybody from thousands of years ago, but I, I really enjoy, um, I've been really enjoying Charles Spurgeon. I think my, 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 uh, social media feed at the moment, my algorithm, it's like all these Spurgeon quotes that are coming up and things like that. Dude. So I love Spurgeon. I love John Piper. Yeah. Um, oh, Desiring God, that's her name. Yeah. Um, Francis Chan as yep. well. Uh, I, I remember he was an early one for me. Yep. Mike Winger, who who does a yep. podcast, Mike Winger. I really enjoy listening to totally Mike Winger. Him. And um, yeah, man, those are those are some of the some of the heroes. Awesome. Yeah, some man. of the influential thinkers, I guess. Awesome, man. Uh Maybe the last one. Your favorite Christian song? Can I say rattle? <laughs> oh no! I'm sorry. I had to. Sam put me up to that. I had to admit it. Rattle, dude. I don't even know what rattle is. I'm feeling super out of touch oh, right now. Oh, there you go. Well, that doesn't matter. And you know what? I've probably offended half the people. Listen, it's a great song. Um, I'll go Spotify it after this. Yeah, do it. Do it. Do, you got to watch the YouTube version. Okay. Okay. I have no um, idea no, what okay. I'm for, but I'll. I'll blame oh, you or credit you with whatever comes next no 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 no. you're blaming sam now um, okay. look my favorite christian song bro is probably uh came to my rescue i've just learned Hillsong on the united? guitar i think it is hillsong united yep. you know i, know I called well. you answered bro it was one of the first songs that when i got saved that was the song of the time you know so yeah, yeah. awesome man 
Hey, well, this has been another episode of Film Me In. Thank you to all our listeners for, for jumping on board for another episode, episode six. Hey, help keep us afloat on Spotify. Jump on there and give us a comment. Let us know what you think of this episode. Maybe even give us a five-star rating. Uh, Fill Me In is a Redeemer Church podcast. Our website is www.redeemerchurch.org.nz. Maybe come down one Sunday morning. Our services are at 10.30. Come say hello. Brad, thanks for joining us today, man. Oh, dude, I've, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Mate, it's been so good. Until next time, uh, grace and peace to you. Than a cool fresh spring, and to one lost sheep, a shepherd boy is greater than the richest king.